You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Julio to the Music City. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals. Today's episode brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at Locked On Network at B-O-B-R-A-C-K to follow me, Bo Brock. It is a jam-packed show. Of course, the big trade went down on Sunday. The Atlanta Falcons sent seven-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Julio Jones to the Tennessee Titans. Another Music City miracle. And a six-round pick in 2023 from Atlanta to Tennessee in exchange for a 2022 second-round pick and a 2023 fourth-round pick. Tic Tac Tyler Rowland, he's going to join the podcast in just a few minutes. He'll tell us if the Titans now have the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. That's our Twitter question today. Which is the best receiver duo in the league if it's not A.J. Brown and Julio Jones? Plus, Aaron Freeman answers that the Falcons got enough for Julio and what's next in the ATL. And then Evan Sidery from Lockdown Colts. He'll tell us if the trade pummels the Colts' chances at winning the AFC South. few news and notes before we talk to a borderline giddy Tyler Rowland of Locked On. Titans Phase 3 continues. It'll continue on through June 18th. And uh, the Packers president and CEO, Mark Murphy, he said over the weekend the Aaron Rodgers situation has, quote, divided their fan base. Murphy wrote in his monthly column on Packers.com, The emails and letters that he's received reflect that fact. As he wrote last month, they will remain committed to resolving things with Aaron and want him to be their quarterback in 2021 and beyond, and that they are working to resolve the situation and realize that the less both sides say publicly, the better. Julio Jones heading to the Music City. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Bo Brock hanging out with you. Tic Tac, Tyler Rowland. He joins us here on the podcast. And Tyler... Credit where it's due. You nailed this at Locked On Network for the receipts. You just said the fourth round pick uh, being a 22 pick instead of a 23 pick. Uh, Not that high of a price tag for a seven-time Pro Bowler, was it? Uh, No. I think the reality of the situation, circumstances, what they are. The Falcons couldn't even sign their draft class. The Titans wide receiver group was was pitiful. So it it was kind of a match made in heaven, quite frankly, for what the two sides were looking for. And the way I want to look at it is we gave them Arthur Smith too. So this isn't (laughs) just a second and a fourth for for Julio. They get one of the brightest offensive coordinators in the NFL as well. So feel like that makes it an even more fair trade from a Falcons perspective. It has been a very interesting kind of ride the wave off season. What is this move do and impact how does it impact John Robinson's offseason checklist and performance for the Titans well that's something I actually mentioned uh on Twitter earlier today I know you mentioned earlier but at Tic Tac Titans uh if you would like to follow me but um John Robinson's offseason has been okay so far up to that point I think not getting a pass catcher in the first three rounds of the draft one of the top guys, in my opinion, he went with a tier lower with a guy like Des Fitzpatrick in the fourth round. So I think that 
with this move included with everything else, it really does take the offseason up from like a C plus for the Titans to an A minus in my mind because what they had done at the wide receiver position, losing Corey Davis and Jonu Smith at tight end, losing him and not really replacing them with anybody of note. You lose Adam Humphreys as well and you only add Josh Reynolds, which I'm high on Reynolds, but he's been nothing more than a three or four wide receiver so far in his career. So you add in a guy like Julio to fill the Corey Davis spot. I, I think it just totally changes the way we have to view what John Robinson has done this all season, allocating resources more to the secondary, to the pass rush, and then filling the offensive hole with a Julio Jones trade. It just it just totally changes the way you view the all season because the all season was weighed down by how he just ignored the pass catching situation on offense. So this really saves everything, and I think it really boosts it up in a major way. Yeah, really had an ace up his sleeve here in June. Tic Tac Tyler. Tic Tac Titans, of course, as you mentioned. Great follow on Twitter. The wide receiver duo, nightmare fuel for defensive coordinators, no doubt about it. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, is it the best in the NFL? I think so. I think so. I mean, you got to look at Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in Tampa. Think about, you know, I don't know if you would uh, add Travis Kelsey in there, but him and Tyree Kill. Uh, obviously, the guys in Minnesota, the pair in Seattle. There are a lot of good pairings around the NFL, but I think – A.J. Brown was already knocking on the door of being a top 10 wide receiver. And outside of health concerns, we know Julio Jones is still a top 10 wide receiver. The two years before that, he went for nearly 3,000 total yards. So uh, I think with that combination, you got two guys who are definitely in the top 15, could be both in the top 10. I think that takes the cake right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. Tyler, this is a team that's just a season removed from an AFC championship appearance. That was a surprise run for a lot of people, especially the resurgence of Ryan Tannehill. Now you've got Mm -hmm. Tannehill, you've got King Henry, you've got A.J. Brown, you've got Julio Jones. You had the disappointing loss in the wild card round last postseason. Mm -hmm. What are the expectations now for this Titans team? Well, I think one thing that I've mentioned a lot uh, when talking about the Titans offseason as a whole and where they need to go from here is they need to diversify their offensive attack. They have the fastball in the run game. They have the change up with the play action bootleg. Now they need to add the slider, which is having two man beaters on the field at all times. But when teams line up and crowd the line of scrimmage to try to blitz Ryan Tannehill, he can get the ball out of his hands quickly. He needs guys who can get open against any coverage. He has two of them now. So I think You look at what they've done on the defensive side of the ball. You look at what they had done up into this trade. I predicted a 10-7 and record for the Titans, but still winning the division. At this point, I think it tacks on two extra wins to their season. They'll win games against teams with good secondaries and good blitz packages, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, for example. We don't know what we're going to get from the Steelers, but I think the Titans will win that game now as compared to I thought they would lose it prior to this trade. For this kind of reason, Julio Jones makes that kind of impact. I think this gives the Titans a 12-5 and season with a clear division title, and they can absolutely make a push along with teams like the Chiefs, like the Bills, the Browns, the Ravens. The Titans can be in the top realistic Super Bowl contending teams in the NFL. I think it takes them from... You know, where they were last year, wild card loss, maybe a divisional loss. I think it takes them from that realm of teams up into getting back to the AFC Championship game with a chance to make it to the Super Bowl. What happens to the mantra, run the damn ball, that they've been, uh, that they've had there in Nashville for now two seasons? 
Well, I think you can keep that. Corey, everybody's worried about Julio Jones regressing, regressing, worried about his age, all of that. Well, Corey Davis was the number two wide receiver in the Titans offense from a production standpoint, and he had over 900 yards. Mm. So if Julio Jones came out and gave you an 1,000-yard season with you know 60 to 70 catches, something like that, what's all the talk about regression? And quite frankly, the Titans are hashtag team regression. Everybody says, Derrick Henry, the miles are going to catch up to him eventually. Ryan Tannehill's not this good. He's going to go back to normal eventually. Julio Jones is getting old. He's just going to keep regressing all the way out of the league. So the Titans are hashtag team regression, and they're going to continue to prove people that it's not a regression to the mean. This is who they are. So I think with, uh, with where they are right now, Titans have to – feel fantastic about the offseason and their prospects uh, going forward. And I think there's enough uh, there's enough cake for Julio Jones to eat, for the Titans to continue to run the damn ball, sure. and for everybody to get their touches. It, real quick, I mean, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, who's the top option as far as those receivers go? This is funny. On Sunday morning when this news broke, I was talking to uh, Ross and Cody, and mm-hmm. they asked me a similar situation about quote-unquote wide receiver one. And I'll answer it, answer it the same way I answer when I get mailbag questions. Wide receiver one is a discussion that fans and us here in the media can have for fun. But the reality is the number one wide receiver isn't about production at all. It's about the X wide receiver schematically within the offense, the guy on the strong side of the field who lines up on the line of scrimmage, the other wide receiver, the two wide receivers, uh, the flanker in this circumstance, he's going to be off the line of scrimmage, do some more movement. I think Julio Jones and A.J. Brown both would benefit benefit from playing both of those positions within the Titans' offensive scheme. So wide receiver one in terms of production, I think A.J. Brown's still going to take that cake. But schematically speaking, and it doesn't really matter that much, I think yeah. both guys can play both roles. And it's very exciting to have two dudes who can basically do everything out on the football field from a wide receiver perspective. Yeah, no doubt about it. Absolutely. I encourage you, everybody to check out that interview. It lives on YouTube. So does the Locked On NFL podcast. Subscribe, like that video, just check it out. Tyler, join Ross and Cody. Tyler, back-to-back duty. You crushed it both times. Thanks so much for your time. Exciting, exciting times here in Nashville for the Titans. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a great time to be a Titans fan. Thank you very much for having me on. Follow him at Tic Tac Tyler. Listen to him on a daily basis at Locked On Titans. Did the Falcons get enough? We're going to ask Locked On Falcons host Aaron Freeman. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. We've got a pair of NBA playoff games on tap tonight. Nets, one-and-a-half-point favorites over the Bucks in Game 2 of that series. You like Giannis in Milwaukee? Or you like Brooklyn? How about the Suns, four-and-a-half-point favorites to open up their series against the Nuggets? Bet Online's the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, it's in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, UFC, MMA, of course, Major League Baseball. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, mobile device, check out the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head over to the website, your mobile device, sign up today, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code locked on. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. It's been an off-season of on-and-off speculation, and it happened. The Falcons actually traded Julio Jones. We bring on Aaron Freeman. We've had him on a ton this off-season because not only was there speculation about Julio Jones, there was speculation about the fourth overall pick. 
Uh, Aaron, what's the feeling in Atlanta now that Julio's finally been dealt? Well, first I want to say, Bo, I'm going to miss these Monday chats because <laughs> I'm sure there's not going to be any other reason for you to bring me on <clears throat> Locked on NFL until the games actually start getting played. But, uh, yeah, you know, this was a move that particularly the last couple of weeks, uh, given his appearance on Undisputed, uh, his impromptu appearance on Undisputed, kind of seemed like, okay, this is definitely going to happen. And so we've just been counting down the days these last couple of weeks until it did happen. A little surprised that it happened so early. Uh, sort of the, the recent reports were seemingly saying that this might last until the end of the summer. But, uh, you know, the Falcons figured the Titans gave the best offer. And, you know, I think it works for Julio Jones. He goes to a stacked uh, offense and, and helps keep that offense potentially operating at a high level and has a potential, you know, that's a team that's been very successful these last couple of years. Uh, and he'll get the chance to win if, if that's really sort of his uh, primary motivation at this point in time. And obviously the Falcons, while I don't think they're going to get the same value in the draft in terms of what Julio Jones would potentially bring to the table on the football field this season and, and in the near future, um, you know, th- that's the best offer that they were going to get. I, I don't think they were going to get anything significantly better than what uh, Houston got for DeAndre Hopkins, given Julio's contract, given his age. And so getting a second and a fourth and, and giving up a six, you know, in the 2023 draft um, seems like probably the best offer available to Falcons and no judgment in terms of them taking that offer. It was very similar to the uh, DeAndre Hopkins deal. I mean, you just didn't have the bad running back contract and Dan- David Johnson going from the Cardinals to the Houston Texans. That is an interesting point, but it you know it was a second. It was a future fourth, and that's what we're looking at here. Did GM Terry Fontenot get enough for Julio Jones? Well, I mean, it depends. Yes and no, it was whether it's enough. It was enough in terms of, again, given what the market was likely to bear out. Yeah, it was probably the, the best offer that they could have gotten. No in the sense of... You're, you're losing a player that can have the, the ability to cost you or, or win you a couple more games. And I know for me, looking at this Falcon team being one of those rebound teams, being one of those teams that could go from worst to first or, or whatever you want to call it this upcoming season, a lot of that was tied to having Arthur Smith, having a, Julio, a healthy Julio Jones after he missed seven games last year due to that hamstring injury. And that, to me, was the bulk of forming the core of my optimism for this Falcon team and what this offense could potentially be with the pieces like Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst and adding Mike Davis and adding Kyle Pitts to go along with Matt Ryan, who still has plenty left in the tank. Um, And so I don't know if you're going to get enough in terms of draft capital, barring, you know, some team giving you two first round picks in terms of on field impact, simply because, you know, second and fourth round picks aren't necessarily high hit rate draft picks and those guys aren't probably going to impact too much until you know two three years down the road and you're talking 2024 2025 Aaron Freeman locked on Falcons great follow on Twitter at Falk fans do you feel like this was the move that they've been waiting to make all offseason long or that they might want to redo the 2021 NFL draft knowing that they were going to deal Julio Jones would they maybe Look at a quarterback. Reading between the lines and of various reports and, and sort of trying to read the tea leaves, um, the best I can say is that they liked Trey Lance. There may have been a situation where they would have taken Trey Lance at that number four overall spot if the 49ers hadn't taken them at number three overall. Uh, but to them, the, you know, if Trey Lance was higher on their draft board, who knows at this point in time. Um, but Kyle Pitts was certainly the next 
highest player on the draft board. And I think there's still going to be a lot of questions for this team in terms of their decision-making, where a lot of people were intrigued by the potential of having all this firepower on Matt Ryan with Kyle Pitts and Julio Jones uh, and sort of, okay, we're quote-unquote all in on Matt Ryan and, and sort of trying to win now. And then that takes a blow when you trade away your best weapon in the passing game, even if he is not necessarily the same player that he was two, three years ago. He's still one of the most dominant receivers in the game. And that takes a significant blow. And so you, you're going to have questions about whether or not they did right by this team. If, if this team should have just torn it all down this offseason, gone with the quarterback, even if it wasn't necessarily their favorite quarterback and Justin Fields, and just sort of scrapped it all and, and built towards the future. Or, you know, obviously those questions go away if they actually do manage to win games and are a competitive team this upcoming season. But I think one of the big questions is, I think this does put more pressure on that coaching staff, on this regime to have success right out of the gates because it's going to be a tough sell. You gave away the most popular player on the team for relative pennies on the dollar. Yeah. And then you come out of the gates and have a losing season, the fourth consecutive losing season. You're still going to be in a salary cap situation next year where you're going to have to redo contracts. You're going to have to restructure. You're going to talk about extending some guys, maybe Calvin Ridley, a Grady Jarrett. If not, you're going to extend them. You're looking at possibly trading those guys. So the Falcons aren't really out of it when it comes to the salary cap situation. They're going to be in the exact same situation heading into next offseason as they were heading into this offseason from a cap standpoint. You know, I don't think people are going to be particularly thrilled in Atlanta that this was the results of this first offseason with with even if Kyle Pitts winds up, you know, being this all-star tight end. I don't think it's going to necessarily, you know, that that's a couple of years away. It's yeah. not going to necessarily uh, allow Falcon fans and, and Falcons media to, um, you know, forget that they, they got rid of Julio Jones for relative pennies. Last question, and it's about Julio Jones. What was his, what what moment stands out to you? What was his finest moment wearing a Falcons uniform? And there were, there were a ton of them. Most people will talk about the one he had in the Super Bowl that should have set up yeah. what would have been the game ceiling drive in that fourth quarter. Uh, you know, there was a time where he mossed Luke Keekley on a downfield pass uh, uh, several years back. Bo, you've watched him go against Patrick Peterson yep. several times over the over the years uh, against the Arizona Cardinals and and give that defense and, and one of the best cornerbacks we've seen over the last decade uh, a huge number of problems. So it's an endless number of, of great Julio moments. They're all highlight real plays. Uh, the Falcons official Twitter put out sort of a a package today. And, you know, they only, I think, was the tip of the iceberg in terms of what they could have put out. That, that could have been a 10-minute video of just Julio highlights. Yeah, it's hard to pick just one in terms of standout play. Just absurd numbers, just uh, made an impact. And now he's playing for the Titans. Aaron Freeman, make sure you're following along on Twitter, at FalFans, and, of course, listening on a daily basis at Locked on Falcons. Aaron, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you having me, Bo. I, I look forward to the next time we get to do this. This is a huge move for the Tennessee Titans, no doubt about it. How does it impact the rest of the division? We're going to talk to Evan Sidery from Lockdown Colts. And are the Titans truly the top dog in the AFC South? We'll find out. It's the Lockdown NFL podcast. You ever miss the days where you could just punish a candy bar guilt-free? Well, now you can. Your favorite new candy bar? It's a protein bar. It's Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. Bar none. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? If you 
or a built bar connoisseur like myself because there are nine delicious flavors with your occasional limited time flavor, but you can always rely upon coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, or salted caramel. There's something for everyone. My favorite one, of course, the salted caramel. I like to get a mix box where I get three different flavors, 18 bars. It's fantastic. Not only the bars, the best tasting. They're healthy, too. Most flavors have 17 grams of muscle-packing protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Go to the website, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. To be completely transparent, I have really no idea about cars. I don't. So when I'm you know, trying to find new parts for my car, or I'm standing there and a mechanic's telling me things, I, uh, I'm i very vulnerable. Yeah, rockauto.com, though, it's a family business. It's one you can absolutely trust. It's been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, the shop auto and body parts, you get hundreds of manufacturers right at your fingertips. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and now even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, Get everything you need with just a few easy clicks, and they're delivered directly to your door. With rockauto.com, I can be a car guy. I can go online. I can figure out what I need and order it right there. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals as do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on and their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So we've covered both sides of this Julio Jones trade. We talked to uh, Tyler Rowland, of course, Tic Tac Titans, and Aaron Freeman, and you could tell there was an excitement with Tyler, and there was a a little uh, more of a subdued interview with our guy Aaron Freeman, who's always fantastic. Now we're going to take another look at this because it, it changes things. It changes the landscape. And it, we're going to look at the AFC South. Some of we haven't caught up much on the uh, on the Lockdown NFL podcast. Evan Sidery from Lockdown Colts joins us. And Evan, thanks for joining us. Um, i got to ask you right out of the gates, with the Julio Jones acquisition, are the Titans the team to beat in the AFC South win back-to-back AFC t- South titles? I think it changes a lot, Bo. I mean, quite honestly, I've been thinking this whole offseason. The Colts have this in the bag. The Titans are going to take a step back, losing Arthur Smith, their offensive coordinator. I think it's a big loss to Atlanta. The defense is still, I'd say, below average. They, they added a few a few key pieces on the defensive side. Danico Autry, Bud Dupree, Caleb Farley in the draft. But, I mean, adding Julio Jones next to A.J. Brown and – Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill is a great deep ball thrower as well. Tennessee, I think, has the leg up right now over Indianapolis, but I think it's just barely. It all depends on two things. If Julio can stay healthy and if that defense can take a step up. Because if not, the Colts have a top 10 defense and, of course, Wentz can bounce back. That's a top 10 offense, too. Yeah, it is interesting. There are kind of some similarities. If you look back a couple seasons ago between this Colts team and where the Titans are, you know, a young, talented running back. I think Derrick Henry continuing, obviously, his dominance is going to be huge for them. You know, how much mileage is on those tires. But, you know, Jonathan Taylor emerging in his rookie season, a second rounder for the Colts. And then could, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, you know, can he bounce back like Ryan Tannehill? It's just interesting because the rest of the rosters seem like it's in – you know, in a good, pretty good position to compete and contend. 
Absolutely. I mean, from the Colts side of things, I definitely would say Carson Wentz is almost identical to the situation he's walking into, like Ryan Tannehill was in Tennessee. Tannehill had the infrastructure on him. They never had in Miami. He had an offensive line. He had some good playmakers, not great playmakers, but enough to make him take it to another level. And you also have the head coach and offensive coordinator connection with Mike Vrabel and Arthur Smith at the time. The Colts now with Carson Wentz, you have his former offensive coordinator he won a Super Bowl with, and Frank Reich was going to be the MVP winner until he tore his ACL week 13 in Los Angeles in 2017. And then from there, you have the young playmakers. You have Mike Pittman Jr., you have Paris Campbell, you have T.Y. Hilton as the veteran leader. You have a great tight end room as well. And then Jonathan Taylor, who finished number three in the NFL in rushing yards last season, even though he was benched, I think, for about a month of the season because he just wasn't producing the first part of the year. And that just goes to show you, I think, with this offensive line on top of that as well, Bo, that I think this could be a situation where Carson Wentz, almost identically to Ryan Tannehill, has the perfect situation around him where it's all on his shoulders and he can just bounce back mentally. I think this is a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. Evan Sattery, Locked On Colts, joins us here on the Lockdown NFL podcast. And uh, what are the early insights on Carson Wentz? We're in the uh, new Colts duds. Yeah, absolutely. I think with Carson Wentz, all we've heard so far from GM Chris Ballard, head coach Frank Reich, offensive coordinator Marcus Brady, it's been rave reviews all around for Carson Wentz. I think Wentz is taking this really personally to make it a mission in, in Indianapolis to really just improve his all around, like not only just his physical capabilities in the football field, but just his leadership. We've heard a lot on West 56th Street in Indianapolis at where their facility's at about where he is leadership-wise, more of a vocal leader so far in OTAs. The guy's really taking the bull by the horns and really trying to know guys more on a more personal level. We've heard things out of Philadelphia like he really wasn't connected with guys on a personal level in Philadelphia in the first part of his career. And I think as a more mature Carson Wentz, and I think in the back of his mind he knows, if it doesn't work out in Indianapolis with the per situation around him with his old coach and Frank Reich, He's probably not ever going to be an NFL starting quarterback ever yeah. again in the league. And this is his last chance to prove to everyone in the NFL that he can be a legit starting quarterback. And I think he's really taken that strong because if it doesn't work out, as I just mentioned, he's not going to be a starter in the NFL anymore. So a leadership has been off the charts so far in OTAs from all we've heard. He might be a guy who really just takes the control of the offense with the familiarity with Frank Reich. And then also we've heard about his arm talent. We've seen Phillip Rivers last year. And, and Jacoby Brissett the year before that, Carson Wentz, his arm strike is almost like Andrew Lux from what we've heard from, hmm. from Colts players. Just the zip on the ball, the way you can get like, acceleration on it, the ability to roll out and be mobile as well. And it's going to be a totally different playbook than what we saw in 2020 with Philip Rivers, who was just a statue back there relying on his brain most of the time to make some good reads and some read and reacts on some throws. Carson Wentz thinks to be more like an Andrew Luck type of player. He's not going to be like Andrew Luck's level of caliber player, but the playbook I think is going to be very similar. Yeah, no, no doubt that Carson Wentz is the biggest key to the Colts' offense. In addition, this offseason was via the draft and uh, Quiddy Pay. They take a guy who's in the conversation as the top pass rusher in this draft. Only Jalen Phillips goes ahead of him at his position as far as getting to the quarterback. Uh, DeForest Buckner, last time he played with a player in this position, you know, that was Joe, it was Nick Bosa, and he was the rookie defensive player of the year. You think Quiddy Pay? What, what are the early insights on him? And, you know, is. Can he take him some hardware potentially playing with a player like Buckner? Yeah, I think actually I was just checking DraftKings before we got started here, Bo, and also bet online, our betting partners here at the Locked On Podcast Network. I think Quiddy pays around plus 1,000, which is like fourth or fifth best odds for defense rookie of the year. If you're listening to this, I would smash that right now. I think it's a <laughs> great bet to make because I just think Quiddy, play, Quiddy pay, quite honestly, Bo, having DeForest Buckner next to him, having Darius Slender behind him at linebacker, 
you have a, a perfect defense for him schematically. In Michigan, he was moved all around the line. In Indianapolis, they already told him, just you're going to stay at right defensive end and just pin your ears back and go to the quarterback every single snap. Don't try to read and react. Just go get the quarterback. And I think that from what we've heard so far out of the Colts complex is that Matt Eberflus, defensive coordinator, is absolutely in love with Quiddy Pay. He's picking up the, the playbook very quickly. His athleticism is off the charts, as we all know from his time in Michigan. He had, ran a 6-3-7-3 cone, a faster three cone than Tyree Kill did, which is incredible. Like This guy is just an absolute freak on the field. And putting him next to DeForest Buckner on the defensive line, this is a guy, in my opinion, Bo, I think could be year one an 8-10 to 10 sack player, and from then on, maybe a 10-plus sack guy for the next five, six years. It's pretty scary, especially considering where they were able to select him in this past season's draft, 21st overall. Let me ask you this before we get out of here. As far as the Indianapolis Colts need to do what to get the edge over the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South in 2021? Have Carson once bounce back to a top 12, top 10 quarterback because Tennessee is maybe if we're, if we're talking like a horse race right now, the yeah. Colts had the lead for three. Turns. Now heading to turn four, the Titans are nudging up a little bit. They're going past them. And Carson Wentz is kind of that key right now for where if he can get in sync with Frank Reich, I think that they have a chance to be an 11, 12 in team this year. Tennessee, the exact same way. It's going to come down to those two matchups in the AFC South. They play, I think, twice in the first six weeks of the season. So it's going to be very crucial because we know Houston's a dumpster fire. Jacksonville's not going to be much this year, year one, Trevor Lawrence. It's a two-team race in the AFC South, Tennessee versus Indianapolis. If Carson Wentz can bounce back to being a top 10 to top 12 quarterback, Bo, I ain't the Colts of the slight edge, but right now with acquiring Julio Jones, I think Tennessee, as of today, does. No doubt about it. Fantastic insight. Make sure you're following along on Twitter, at Colts. And listening on a daily basis to Evan Sidery. Evan, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it, Bo. That's going to do it for us here today on the Lockdown NFL Podcast. Make sure to tune in tomorrow to Ross Jackson, Lucas Braun. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, please review, and leave a rating. We appreciate it so much. Follow along on Spotify. Make sure to let us know on Twitter at Lockdown Network which wide receiver duo you think is the best in the NFL. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week.